Welcome to Advocation Change It Up, a new podcast series hosted by Dr. Karen Liller, a professor at the USF College of Public Health and director of the Activist Lab. Hello and welcome to Advocation Change It Up, the podcast series of the University of South Florida College of Public Health Activist Lab. I'm Dr. Karen Liller, a professor at the College of Public Health and director of the Activist Lab, and I'm joined by one of our student advisory board members, Alicia Luz Gonzalez. Hi, Alicia Luz. Hi, Dr. Liller. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you. The Activist Lab at the college prepares our students to be exemplary advocates and leaders in public health. Just Google us at our website and you'll see all the educational programs we do. We have boot camps, seminars, we do research on a variety of public health topics and advocacy and work to assure students have practice experiences in the community at the state and national levels. Our podcasts involve talking with public health leaders and advocates whose work has led to great improvements in public health. We'll be talking in each podcast with a guest on a particular public health issue, and we'll end each podcast by asking how we as the community can advocate for change. Today, I'm very excited to continue our podcast series on occupational health and safety. As we all know, work and work conditions are so important for the population's health. Individuals spend so much time at work, it's critical they work in safe conditions. Today, I'll be talking with our guest, Dr. Kristen Horan. Dr. Horan is an assistant professor in the psychology department at the University of Central Florida, or UCF. She performs research, instructs graduate and undergraduate level courses, and fulfills departmental academic service needs. She is passionate about performing research that translates into improvements for employees and organizations and training the next generation of psychologists. Dr. Horn earned her PhD in psychology with a concentration in industrial organizational psychology at Bowling Green State University. Her research interests focus on occupational health psychology. Specifically, she is interested in health and safety interventions, occupational health among high-risk occupations, and the interaction between health behaviors and work. So how are you, Dr. Horn? I'm doing well, and I'm just very excited to be here today. Um, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. We're excited you're here, too. And may I call you Kristen? Absolutely. Very good. So, Kristen, let's orient the listeners about your involvement in the USF Sunshine Education and Research Center, the targeted research program, which was featured on a previous podcast at USF, and the topic today, which is so critical in many industries. And this topic is customer mistreatment of hospitality employees. Sure, so um, the Targeted Research Training Program, or TRT for short, is a component of the Sunshine Education and Research Center at the University of South Florida. Um, We focus on improving the workplace safety and health of hospitality employees. Um, Not only are hospitality jobs very physically stressful, but they're also psychologically and socially stressful as well. Um, That's where customer mistreatment comes in. Mm -hmm. Um, This goes above and beyond just being a little bit rude or a little bit unpleasant. Um, It's when you see a customer yell at, threaten, or hit a hospitality employee, and this really endangers their physical and emotional safety and health. Right. Alicia Luz, do you have questions for Dr. Horn? Hi, Dr. Horn. I do have a question. I was wondering, in what ways does does the program reach out to students and get them involved with community partners in applying what they had learned in the program? That's a great question. So 
our program features a couple of different components. The first is student training. Um, so we like to get students of multiple disciplines um, at multiple universities involved in training opportunities. This can occur in a classroom. This can occur outside of a classroom, um, such as on large-scale research projects, um, interdisciplinary research meetings, and developmental activities, such as um, you know attending a, a webinar or a training series that helps them develop a skill that's useful to their future career in occupational safety and health. Um, the next thing that we like to get students involved in is outreach. And this is where we kind of bring together um, the hospitality world and the academic world um, instead of having them be a little bit siloed. So um, we do this through workshops or webinars or uh, resource collections that address a need for uh, the hospitality industry, but it utilizes the knowledge and skill set of um, our students and our researchers. So Alicia Luz, did that get your uh, answer? Oh you? yes, okay. thank you so much. All right, very Absolutely. good. So Kristen, can you tell us a little bit more about the work you're doing on this topic of mistreatment and the resources you have created and have available? I would love to tell you more. Um, so for a long time, mistreatment from customers was kind of normalized as mm -hmm. part of the job for hospitality employees. Um, you can kind of think of it as captured in the saying, the customer is always right. Um, and there is now talk about how customer mistreatment has even increased during the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm -hmm. So it existed before and it's kind of exacerbated now. Right. We wanted to see, kind of get a snapshot of what was happening. So we conducted a national poll from February to April of 2022. Um, and most people in this uh, poll, about 42%, said that they had observed more mistreatment of hospitality mm -hmm. employees since the start of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, and that was kind of uh, defined as yelling, threatening, hitting, um, spitting on or punching employees while they were on their job. That's so unbelievable to me. You know, when I when I read your materials and looked over everything, I, I was amazed. But I've witnessed some of that myself, so I, I know what you're saying. Absolutely, yeah. So I think a lot of us kind of have seen videos posted on social media mm -hmm. that captures this uh, escalated behavior, and then some of us have directly witnessed it. Some of us have directly experienced it. I actually experienced it myself when I was um, a hospitality employee in a theme park as well. So there could be a number of reasons that we're seeing this increase in uh, customer aggression. A lot of people think it's because employees in hospitality or any customer-facing job now have an extra responsibility of enforcing COVID-19 related policies. Right. So they may be encouraging guests to wear masks mm -hmm. or follow social distancing policies. And this could be a little uh, aggravating or frustrating for most um, most people. But for some customers, they take it to that next level. Right. Um, many businesses are also struggling with short staffing and shipping issues, which means mm -hmm. that the hospitality employees may have to bear the brunt of customer frustration when they either can't get their desired item or um, there's a long wait at some sort of establishment. That's true, too. Yes. And so regardless of the reason for this increase, 
allowing a hospitality employee to be a figurative or literal punching bag is psychologically and uh, physically dangerous. We do not want to put employees in that position. Mm -hmm. So our resources, we've put together a collection, a curated collection of resources um, from popular press, from academic sources, from experts in this area. And these resources reflect a movement that challenges the sentiment that this mistreatment is just part of the job. Um, So the resources focus on either preventing the aggression or the mistreatment from happening in the first place, Mm -hmm. or on the off chance that it does happen, we want to mitigate the negative impacts. We want the employee to still be emotionally well um, and kind of cope well and take care of themselves after such an incident. So in this resource collection, we uh, focus on kind of three targets with this uh, information. The first is hospitality employees themselves, those that are on the front lines and may or may not be witnessing or uh, be the direct target of mistreatment. So we give them ideas on how to cope with mistreatment, um, both in the moment and after the fact. Mm -hmm. The second target Um, would be hospitality leaders and managers. So those who are in more of a position to kind of protect employees and have a direct influence over their working conditions. Mm -hmm. So for this audience, we want to give them ideas about how to prevent mistreatment and how to make sure that it can be reported and dealt with in a positive manner if Mm -hmm. it does happen. And then the final um, audience would be researchers and practitioners in the occupational safety and health space. And we include our students in this as well. We wanted to give them research ideas on how to study mistreatment, Mm -hmm. how to design a a study, how to include the proper measures, um, and what has already been done in this space so that they can add to the literature themselves. Well, that's very good. Alicia Luz, do you have any questions about the resources? I do have a question. And um, as you mentioned, we we live in Florida where a good portion of revenue comes from the hospitality and tourism industry. So Mm -hmm. in that case, how is customer mistreatment handled? And are there more things to keep in mind when it comes from a person of a different nationality, considering that there's not only cultural differences, but also like language barriers? Absolutely. So I love that you brought up this uh, concept of intersectionality, looking Mm -hmm. at, you know, not only is this person employed in a risky job, but they may also um, belong to some sort of vulnerable population that's more likely to experience violence or mistreatment um, in the first place. So research shows that hospitality employees are more likely to be mistreated when they are young. Mm-hmm. when they are female, and when they do not speak English as their first language. And we have a lot of hospitality employees, uh, both in general and in the Central Florida community, right. uh, that fit that description. And so we really need to do um, a better job of protecting them and making sure that if something does happen, that language or stigma or anything like that isn't a barrier to speaking up and reporting it to their manager. Well, thank you so much. That's a great question, too. You know, Mm -hmm. Kristen, we're pleased to help you get the word out about this issue and, of course, your great resources. And we'll definitely put those on the Activist Lab website when we post the podcast. 
But based on what you have learned about customers and customer behavior in general, what are you advocating for in occupational health and safety? We know you have the resources, but what are you really advocating for? And how can we as a community help you to advocate for change? That's an excellent question. And I think at the heart of what we are advocating for is employee voice. We're mm-hmm. saying that just because somebody is employed in a low-wage job right. or they may have barriers like odd working hours or language barriers or mm-hmm. um, child care issues or things like that, just because they have all these constraints doesn't mean that they deserve to be treated without respect. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I think we can do as a community to help advocate for this change is be aware of the behavior that's normalized. Um, So when you go out into an an establishment, role model the way that we expect these employees to be treated. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's a good first step. Um, A second step is if you um, observe any mistreatment, you can actually do some low risk uh, reporting yourself. So you may or may not feel comfortable, you know, directly stepping in, but you could go find a manager Mm -hmm. if you see somebody being mistreated as well. Um, and then the final kind of advocacy step that I would recommend for anybody in the general public is educate yourself on, um, hospitality companies, uh, employment practices. And if you find out that there's a company that has a really stellar reputation for treating their employees well, Mm -hmm. um, for proactively handling guest mistreatment issues, and Mm -hmm. for protecting the health and safety of their employees, then make a point to, um, you know, support them during this difficult time. um, Because ultimately, that will give them more resources that they can pass down to the employees. Right. Right. Those are all very, very good points. I have a couple questions more. Um, one is, um, now that COVID-19, some of the restrictions have been lifted, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll see this not only in Florida, but in other states as well, whether it comes to mask or distancing. Do you think this issue will decrease in the future? In other words, it should never be. But do you think, <laughs> that, do you think this will decrease? And, and the second part of this is... Um, Thinking about behavior change in public health, it is very difficult to do, right, to change Mm -hmm. behavior. And and you know that, of course, being a psychologist. Um, But so are there other ways to affect change? I mean, could it be more sanctions against customers who do this or maybe some environmental changes or something that can also be done in addition to behavior? Yes. So uh, both of those are excellent questions. I'll start with your first question about you know, we're seeing some positive signs in um, pandemic activity. And I am hopeful that this will reduce the frequency or intensity of mistreatment issues for employees, because it might take one thing off of their plate about uh, they have fewer COVID-19 policies uh, to police. Mm -hmm. Um, However, what we're seeing, especially in the hospitality industry, is the effect of the great resignation is still mm, quite apparent. Yes, and right. so short staffing is still an issue and mm. it is likely to continue to be an issue for a long time to come. Okay. So the ones who are left in the industry will still have some sort of 
frustration mm-hmm. to uh, to deal with sure. from the customers, uh, mm-hmm. whether it be like a long wait or, you know, mm-hmm. their favorite service not being available at that time or something right. like that. Right. And then the second question that you asked, I love that you brought up the idea of more environmental or sanctioned changes. Mm -hmm. Um, This is something that is a crucial ingredient to any sort of change. Um, So I would say in the environmental level, in the workplace level, um, employers can do a lot to simply remind employees of their right mm-hmm. um, to make sure that employees feel empowered to bring something up. Mm-hmm. Um, a very critical issue is um, that negative behavior is often reinforced. Right, right. Um, so a, a customer will threaten an employee, and then in order to pacify that customer, they're given like a free ice cream mm-hmm, or, or mm-hmm. something like that. Right. And that to just very stop it. Yeah. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. So just be aware of what types of behavior you're reinforcing. I would recommend that employers adopt a zero tolerance policy mm-hmm. and that they post um, very clear reminders of this zero tolerance policy you're starting to see more of this Mm -hmm. like i recently traveled you see this in um you know as you're going through uh security at the airport it says there's a zero tolerance policy for threatening Mm -hmm. and you can have a fine of up to thirteen thousand dollars and so (laughs) that uh just sets very clear expectations for behaviors yes um up front and then it's the kind of societal level or more at the public policy level Mm -hmm. um we've had an excellent uh time partnering with our uh with central florida's hospitality union here Mm -hmm. um they're called unite here and they represent employees in some um job titles and in some employers. So Mm -hmm. not every hospitality employee is covered by this union, but the ones who are, they do get very clear messages about what is their worth as an employee and what is their right as Mm, an employee. And they tend to work very well with uh, the big names here in the central Florida hospitality, um, hospitality environment. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's, I haven't seen a very contentious relationship between the hotels and the unions or the theme parks and the unions. Instead, they're working together pretty well. Right. That's excellent. I think it's Mm -hmm. so important, right, to talk about these other changes so we don't rely just on behavior. Exactly. Yeah. And I really do hope that with COVID, as we you know, we're certainly nowhere out of COVID yet, but we're, we are seeing some changes. And um, yes. we certainly hope that things get better in the future. And I'm sorry, you were going to say something? Oh, no, I was just going to say I'm very encouraged by the changes that we are seeing. <laughs> so fingers crossed. <laughs> right. Fingers crossed in the future, right? Yes. Uh, all right. So now I'd like to ask our student, Alicia Luz. Now, she's just a little bit younger. I know, hard to believe than me or <laughs> <laughs> probably not Dr. Horan much, but... Um, <laughs> What are the feelings of students on this topic and occupational health and safety? You know, work is going to become very important to this generation, as in previous generations. Young people have been the drivers of so much public health advocacy and change recently, including racism and gun violence. But what about the workplaces? How can students be instrumental and critical to this advocacy to prevent employee mistreatment. And, you know, young people, Alicia Luz, work quite a bit in the hospitality yes, industry, right? very much so. I think that 
one thing that we can use as students because so many work in the hospitality right, industry right. our experiences and our access to many platforms whether that be social media or the activist lab mm-hmm. and to spread awareness and enact change uh personally speaking i hear a lot of stories from friends who work at hotels who work at these theme parts of just right. the horrendous things that happen to them yes and i'm shocked at like how far people will go when they're when they're frustrated when they're mad even though the person that they're yelling at or doing these things to is Mm -hmm. not the person like the reason why they're mad it's it's something else right and because we live in florida where we're a literal hub of tourism whether that be disney world Mm -hmm. that be universal the Mm -hmm. beaches the historical sites i feel as hospitality mistreatment has been very looked over in the past few years and kind of shrugged off because it is such a common occurrence Mm -hmm. where people are like okay someone's treating someone that way that that's normal over here but looking back now i can see that these experiences and witnessing these actually occur in front of you is what gives us the ability to advocate for the prevention of of customer (laughs) mistreatment and not only does it help us spread awareness but we can use what we have seen what we've experienced and what we've learned in college to help make these changes and make the workplace a better and safe place for employees. Yeah, I think that's really important. And I think students really now now have a voice and they're finding their voice, mm-hmm. as we like to say in the activist lab, and they're not going to tolerate this. And, you know, Kristen, let me ask you, Florida is known for being um, very uh, wonderful, a wonderful place to visit, a wonderful place to bring your family. Uh, We have Disney. We have so many other uh, attractions um, around the area, whether it be Orlando, Tampa, Miami, like all all throughout the state. Um, So is Florida unusual in terms of a lot of cases of this type of hospitality mistreatment, or are we sort of common? I mean, is this a national phenomenon or or is Florida different? It actually is an international phenomenon. Um, So some of the the resources in our collection, um, occupational safety um, and health research um, actually thrives in other places, including Mm -hmm. in Europe and kind of the Scandinavian countries. And so you you might even see some great resources there um, on how to protect employees from this type of mistreatment. Mm -hmm. Um, We are one of two hospitality hubs um, Mm -hmm. in the United States. Uh, There's Central Florida and then there is uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. Okay. So okay. we are um, kind of unique in terms of the sheer number of instances that could take place. But it's a phenomenon that happens, it, or it could happen anytime there is a power imbalance. Mm, I see. And there's kind of a, an inherent power imbalance in a customer and employee relationship mm-hmm. um, as it is. And when you add in those intersectional details of right. uh, gender, race, right. um, immigration status, age, mm-hmm. um, it just kind of heightens that yes. distance. Yes. And so what we want to do is challenge that idea that the employee is powerless, that they don't have a voice. And I think that's one key element in reducing that power distance and mm-hmm. making making it so that a frontline employee and um, a customer are more on equal footing. Mm-hmm. Does the hospitality industry, do they ever consider as customers are coming in, and this might be common and we just don't see it as customers, that you do have the people... Um, they're taking the tickets or if you're in a hotel taking information about your reservation 
But is there any consideration to having someone else sort of just watch what's happening? Um, sure. Yeah, so that, you know, there's not a situation for the person that's right there dealing with the customer. He or she has to handle everything. They have to handle the right. transaction, the uh, potential <laughs> mistreatment. I mean, is there any idea of having someone sort of oversee what's going on? I do know that that is an idea that has been brought up by mm -hmm. um, the union representatives that we work with. And right. actually what they do is they kind of take inventory of the spot um, in a, a park or in a hotel mm -hmm. where employees are having to deliver bad news. Okay. Um, anytime they can't fulfill a guest request right. um, or they're likely to turn somebody's request away or something like that. And they have brought up the idea of some extra staffing mm -hmm. um, at, that, at those junctures, which mm -hmm. I think would be tremendously helpful. Um, one thing that employees can also do a little informally, I did this when I was, um, when I was a frontline employee at a theme park right. is you have kind of a backup. So if an yes. employee or if a customer is giving you a hard time, mm -hmm. you might know, I knew to go grab, you know, an older male coworker, okay. um, who could give me a little assistance, mm -hmm. um, and, and usually having that extra presence did help. Yeah, that's more of an organizational and one of these environmental changes, right, that we're talking yes. about that that could be that could be so important. Well, exactly. Yeah, it's sad that I think this situation exists, but I'm so glad that you're doing the work. Your colleagues are doing the work. Resources are available to help combat the issue. Alicia Luz, do you have any other questions for Dr. Horn? No more questions, but thank you so much for taking the time to answer my own questions. I very much appreciate it. And, and well, thank you so much. And, and Kristen, any final thoughts for the listeners? No, I do just want to alert the listeners to the fact that um, I've passed along a flyer that summarizes our research okay. uh, or our our uh, national poll, mm -hmm. um, and it summarizes the resources that are available. So if you want to check them out, or if you know of a hospitality employee that you think could benefit from these resources, please feel free to pass them along. Yes, and we will have that at the website of the Activist Lab, along with links to these wonderful resources. Well, thank you so much. On behalf of the USF College of Public Health Activist Lab, our wonderful guests, Dr. Kristen Horan, and our student co-host, Alicia Luz, we thank you for joining us. And hey, keep listening. We have more podcasts coming soon. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback. Let us know how we're doing by emailing us at cophactivistlab at usf.edu. So until next time, hey, this is Dr. Karen Liller. Remember, find your voice. Let's change it up for the better. Keep listening and join Advocation Change It Up. Tell your friends and family we're on all media, Apple, Spotify, and more, and we just love those downloads. So thank you again. And hey, as it gets safer to be out and about, come see us in the Activist Lab.